Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network. A former Arkansas Razorback baseball player, Tyler Spoon. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Kylie Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell Ferris Fane. D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitt. And current Razorback freshman star, Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. A Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes. Welcome in to episode 222 of the one and only Hog Talk podcast live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I'm your host Kyle Sutherland alongside Coach Kevin Bohannon and whether you're listening on 106.7 The Buzz 2 or your favorite podcast forum, we appreciate you for coming to hang out with us. If you're on one of the forums, remember to hit that subscribe button if you have not already and if you're on Apple Podcast, if you could please be so kind to leave us a five-star rating and written review. The show is brought to you as always by our friends at bet online they are your number one spot for pro and college football action this season with a new updated website and interface and even more odds props and contest bet online continues to be your number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus off your first deposit don't forget to use promo code believe to receive your bonus that's bl E-A-V, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. They are your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Complete insanity across college football on Saturday, particularly in the SEC West with Arkansas Suffered a crushing defeat to Ole Miss and Oxford on a last-second play there. We'll talk about that, of course. And in the East, you've got uh, Kentucky advancing to 6-0 and for the first time in like 70 years, something around that time, almost, three, almost an entire century or at least three-quarters of a century. But the one that shook the college football landscape, Alabama, losing to A&M on a last-second field goal, 41-38, to causing complete chaos. chaos. And Cabo, the West right now at the moment – halfway through the season is completely wide open. Everybody is hindsight 2020. And now the two point conversion weighs a little bit bigger because you could have been tied for first in the West. The big, you know, coach Pittman a hundred times out of a hundred times was going to go for two right there. Why? Because you control your destiny at that point. You can't leave anything up to chance. You have the opportunity with your offense, which has done really well that during the game, to go out there and win the game. He didn't. We lost. We're one and two in conference, four and two overall, but we could as well be two and four right now. Arkansas is in a better place than what anybody thought they would be. Okay. Ole Miss is as good as what we thought they were. Matt Crow had a really good game. Snoop Connor, they filled in admirably for Jerry Neely rushing for 300 yards. So 
you know, it, it is what it is. We lost by a point, but I don't feel bad about it because we scored 51 points. We had over 600 yards of offense. Yesterday was K.J. Jefferson's coming out party, which is going to be hell on defenses for the rest of the year. We're a three-point favorite at Auburn. We have every winnable game on the schedule. Sands maybe Alabama, but they looked vulnerable last night too, so it gives you a little bit of hope moving forward that it could happen. So who knows what's going to happen for the first time Cincinnati in, in the coaches poll is ahead of Alabama and you just got a lot of crazy stuff going on. Like we, you know, when we talked to Josh Pate a few weeks ago, he said, this could be the year because it's more like 2007 than we could have ever imagined. Yeah. I got drugged to go out and shop after the game. Erica made me do that uh, for a couple of hours for various things. And I kept telling her, Right as soon as we got hit in the store, you know, I really wasn't saying a whole lot. I was more upset that I was having to go shopping than I was about the game. And I was like, you know, for the, I was just like you said, I'm not really upset about this. Yes, I'm sad, but normally a game like this, maybe two, three, four years ago, well, probably not two or three years ago because that was when we were at our worst of the worst, but this would have ruined my entire weekend. I don't care if the Cowboys won on a Sunday, really until the next game, depending on how that went. That's pretty much what my mood was. And yeah. this was definitely KJ Jefferson looked great against AM. He's looked pretty good in other games this you know, I thought he looked pretty decent against Texas as well. And I, I thought he looked better in even against Georgia Southern and Rice than, than people had made it out to be. But definitely without question, his best game right now, at least I guess you could say Missouri last year may have been his best career game, but just the meaning of this one this year, I would definitely put this at the top. But I also want to point out Rocket Sanders, 17 for 139 yards, average no eight yards per carry. So we are still running the football. The, the beginning of the game, really the first half, when we, I think it was that second drive, we ran on like nine straight plays, nine or ten straight plays. And why were we doing it? Because it was working. And I was actually shocked that I didn't see somebody, because even though we were moving the ball down the field, I was expecting to see, why can't we open up the pass a little bit more? And all this, look, I'm not crazy about Kendall Browse. I've said that. I don't think that it's he's anywhere close to being, should be in conversation for mentioning to be fired. But this guy put up half of 100 points. He put up half a century of points, yeah, or at least his offense did. And so, look, you can mess with him about the play calling all that you want, and especially on that last one. Look, the shovel pass was wide open. I think KJ probably could have ran it into, but definitely the shovel pass was wide open right there. I don't have a problem with the play call whatsoever. Look, KJ was probably just thinking the entire time, I think at least, that he was probably thinking the entire time, I'm going to go to Burks. It was open there just a second ago, or at least he probably could have gotten up and gotten it, but it didn't work. I think it was two plays earlier than that before we hit the touchdown. And so... We could sit here and talk all day, like you said. Whether we went, if we would have gotten it, it would have been the smartest play call in the world. But then there was still some people. I, the overwhelming opinion was that it was a good decision to go forward on two. From what I've seen, I completely agree with that. I put on Facebook right after the game that I would have gone for that eleven out of ten times. Some most disagreed, some didn't. But at the end of the day. Like you said, we're in a great spot right now. Auburn is the only one in the West. They've got an SEC loss to Georgia on Saturday, but they, they're they the only one that does not have an SEC West loss, and we can change that this coming Saturday. That's right, and it's good that we're getting them coming off of Georgia. And I talked to a good friend of mine that in Georgia yesterday. He's like, I don't think we played well. I said, stop. 
I said, your humble act of we're just taking it one game at a time is not going to work here, brother. Y'all are the best team in the nation right now. Own it. We had to do it in baseball. Own that stuff right there because Georgia's going out every weekend dominating. They beat Auburn 34 to 10. Auburn showed some deficiencies yesterday. It's not the Auburn of, you know, early in Gus Malzahn's era. They still have some dudes over there. But as I, as I said a while ago, Arkansas opens as a three-point favorite at home, which basically is a pick because usually Vegas gives you three points for playing at home, uh, at least for ranked teams and some other, you know, right outside the top 25. That's the theory that goes behind it. But I think we have a good shot. We haven't been at home in three weeks. We had A&M was a neutral site in Jerry World, then Georgia, then Ole Miss. It's going to be great to be back in front of the fans at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. It's going to be loud. I know it's going to be an 11 o'clock game, but everybody needs to show up. we got a lot of people that's already looking for tickets. So I think it's going to be a really good atmosphere. The offense is going to go out and attack the defense. They have some things to shore up. They have to tackle better. Uh, Sam Pittman made that comment yesterday. They have to go out, especially when you got Tank Bigsby back there and, they're, and his partner in the backfield. They're going to run the ball. They're going to. Brian Harson likes to run the ball between the tackles. Uh, and play action pass. It's more of a pro style offense. It's not the wide open spread attack that Gus ran. So they're going to get ready for it. And Barry Odom is going to have a game plan. And I think we come out ready to play and be physical. I was so proud of how physical they were yesterday after getting manhandled by Georgia. That was a big thing that we all questioned was it, were they going to come out and be as physical as they needed to be to win the ball game? And they were. No question. And the, like you mentioned, that those three-game stretch, I know one of those games is going to be in Little Rock against UAPB as a tune-up game. I You can't take anybody lightly as we've learned the hard way over the last few years, but I think that one's going to be one where we should definitely get Malik Hornsby and the backups, the second and third string, plenty of work. But then you welcome Mississippi State. Now, Auburn is one that I think at the beginning of the year and even through the first couple of games with how things were going that – it was almost like Razorback fans were saying that was going to be pretty much a gimme game. Now, I, I never thought that. I don't think you ever did either. But that's one thing I, I mentioned on Friday's show in that quick segment I did uh, before Porter's interview with, with Brian was that you just never know what Auburn you're going to get, especially with Gus. It was like when their backs were up against the wall, they did their best, and we really don't know what we're going to get with Brian Harson. We saw what he did at Boise State, some pretty good things, but you just don't really know. It's too early to say. But then you get a Mississippi State team on November 6th, and I, I've been very critical of Mike Leach, and I'm still going to continue to be very critical of him, but dang, they're playing some, some pretty good football right now. You beat Texas A&M, who just had the biggest win of the year so far in all of college football, and so we knew that this back half of the schedule was going to be tough with LSU and Alabama back-to-back, -back, but then LSU at the same time is definitely not the, the team that we thought that they were going to be, but other... I still think that Alabama, we, we were penciling them in as a guaranteed loss, and I, I'm pretty much going to still say that at the same time because this could possibly be, this loss that they had could possibly be the worst thing that could happen to their future opponents because we know what happens when Alabama loses either a national championship or a game during the season, at least in most years. And so I still think that one is a loss. But it is not crazy to think that this team could finish. I, I'm really, at, at this point right now, I'm thinking eight and four, but – Nine and three is definitely not unrealistic whatsoever, especially with how wide open it became on Saturday night. I agree. And after we started four and zero, I said we're going to finish eight and four. I, I just I, I I couldn't go out on a limb and say 
Arkansas is going to finish down in three. I, I was not there yet. But eight and four is very doable right now. It, you do the same thing you did in the first half of the season. And, and it's hard to believe that you and I are sitting here talking about it and we're halfway through the college football season. And we waited so long for it to get here. We had the, the, the talking heads month of you know July and August and just took so long to get here. And we're at the halfway point. And I, you mentioned Rocket Sanders a while ago, and I, and I posed the question to you and Porter last week of do we need to see him involved more? And overwhelmingly, we said yes. And Traylon Smith has been a very valuable back for Arkansas. He came in last year, filled in for a, an all-SEC back who was underperforming in Rakeem Boyd, and he scored nine touchdowns in ten games now. He got in the end zone on Saturday. So when you have somebody like that, the future is just so bright. Uh, I, I think back to some of the the days where we were just right on the precipice of having really, really good seasons under Houston Nutt, Bobby Petrino, that we were just right there at it. So I think we're heading in that right direction, and who knows what can happen in the back half of the year. They just have to, like Coach Pittman says, and just about every coach says out there, take it one week at a time. I love the quote that Sam Pittman said. He said, the schedules are for the mamas and daddies to make plans. We're just taking it one game at a time. So uh, we just got to get out there and next weekend play physical. And I know the defense will be tuned up a little bit. And Coach Odom has – because the last two weeks, they've been gashed on the ground. You know, they gave up 300 yards the last two weeks, you know, average. He's not going to settle for that. They're going to make some adjustments, make some changes. They'll get out there, and I'm looking forward to next Saturday. Speaking of the defensive side of the ball, another great game for overall, at least stats-wise. With it, Like you mentioned, we we got gashed pretty bad on, on a few plays, particularly there in the second half. But Grant Morgan, Bumper Pool, Joe Fouché all had great games. And Jalen Catalan had nine tackles and didn't have a bad game per se. But he has not looked the same. And on that that first play where we got beat deep when Simeon Blair uh, bit on the fail, I think I think that was a wheel route, but nonetheless down the uh, the left sideline there, and was just wide open for sixty seven yards. And and Jalen Catalan led up around the twenty five about the twenty yard line, and he probably yeah. couldn't have got there. But that's just not something that you see typically from him. Do you think? I know you mentioned in our group chat that it could be that he's letting up on some plays because he doesn't want to get kicked out. That's definitely probably in the back of his mind. But what do you? I just don't see a guy like him thinking, oh, well, I'm already a first-round NFL draft pick. I'm just going to quit. I, I just don't see that from him. What do you think it is with what's going on with him that he just doesn't seem like quite the player that he was last year? And, and I said it last week. It, and, well, when I was talking to Brian Rippey on his podcast that Jalen Catalan has been a non-factor the last two weeks when talking about A&M and Georgia game. And he, he showed a little bit, but it's just – I don't know if they, they've got him out of place, but he always seemed to be around the ball last year. You know, and you, just like you mentioned, he he let up. He's not one that usually does that. I don't think he's looking forward to the draft. and But I want to see that high motor. That was one of the things that had everybody – had Jalen Catalan on the All-American list because he's not real big. He's 5'11", 185, 190. But he plays with such a high motor, and his instincts are so good. But he just hasn't been the same guy. Maybe – I don't know if he's playing a little injured or what. I think you're going to see him get more and more, and Barry Odom put him in places to where he can be more of a ball hawk 
than what he has the first six weeks. Yeah, and one thing that you don't ever have to worry about is, as far as inconsistency goes, is our friends at A Plus Insurance. I want to tell you guys about them real quick. Whether it's your life, auto, home, and recreational policies, you can check them out on Facebook at A Plus Insurance Center. Visit their office at three twelve West Commercial Street, or you can contact Marcus Berry or Melinda Gregory at four seven nine six six seven three six two six. That's four seven nine six six seven. 3626 A plus insurance center in Ozark, Arkansas. And Kevin, we got a couple more minutes here before the break. And um, like you mentioned, we got next week against Auburn. That's another 11 o'clock game, right? On ESPN. We got uh, more other breakfast yeah. game. Yeah. So that's uh, the third week in a row. Can't, can't beat that. Probably going to have the fourth week with uh, UAPB. But before we get out of here, I want to give some recognition to some of our athletes. You and I obviously cover high school football around the state of Arkansas. And I was working on an article that's probably going to come out either Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. I'm not exactly sure yet, but uh, of some players that have done really well that have gone to out-of-state colleges. Now, I also put a couple of Razorbacks on there as well, but for the most part, it's guys that went to uh, various places around the country And I was looking through doing some research for that, and I put out on Twitter today, just halfway through the season, some of the players that uh, grew up in Arkansas that are making plays all across the country. First being Josh Johnson, who went to CAC, is now with Tulsa, went to Iowa State out out of high school. 34 receptions, 481 yards, which is second in the American Football Conference and then has two scores on the year. Jalen Witcher, who followed, he was initially going to go D2 to, I think, Oklahoma Baptist and then followed Kevin Kelly to Presbyterian. He's leading the FCS with eight touchdowns right now, 35 receptions, 516 yards. And then Bryant native Wren Heffley, his quarterback, 2,040 yards, which is second in FCS right above former Razorback Cole Kelly, just something to note there, and tied for first at 21 touchdowns in the FCS. And then another big one is Brandon Thomas out of North Little Rock. He did receive a offer from the Chad Morris staff. I don't know if that was upheld by Sam Pittman or not, but he ranks second in yards, 586 and third in touchdowns, and the American Football Conference has done extremely well for the Tigers there in just his second season. And then also one to note, Robert Scott Jr., who is at Florida State, he came down, he was actually committed to Ole Miss and then ended up decommitting and came down to Arkansas in Florida State, and they ended up getting his signature. But he had seven starts last season as a true freshman and is now the current starting right tackle for the Seminoles. So just wanted to give a little bit of reckon. We're going to have, of course, our high school segment after this, uh, recapping week six. But just wanted to talk about, you know, Kevin, we, t- we mentioned all the time about how this state is vastly under-recruited. And you know what? They might not all get a chance at the big P5s or anything like that, but there's plenty of kids that have gone out of state right now and, and – and history have done extremely well for other colleges out of state. No doubt. And I, I always go back and think of when Houston Nutt was at Murray State and he was getting, you know, Reggie Swinton, Tim Scarborough, William Hampton from, you know, McClellan back in Central back in the early 90s. Though, and you could always look in the paper on Sunday and they would have uh, how out of state athletes are faring. You know, Brandon Thomas at one point from Memphis was like 34 carries for. 300 and something yards. So he was averaging over at or right above 10 yards a carry, which is Memphis was putting up 600 yards a week. They really didn't miss a beat after, uh, old head coach went down to Florida state. I forgot his name. Mike Norvell. Me. Yeah. Mike Norvell. 
So they didn't really miss a beat after he took off down there. Love seeing these young men because they're finding a home and finding somewhere that fits. And I always tell my kids that you know, I coach in baseball, uh, they want to go D1. Well, it doesn't matter if you're D1, D2, NAIA, JUCO, D3. Find somewhere that fits you. You can make it a home, and you can play early. That's a big thing, especially in football now. These kids got to go somewhere where they can play right away or maybe right after their red shirt season. Some of that doesn't happen if you go to a university like Arkansas or Alabama, Auburn, anywhere, P5 school. So kudos to these young men who are getting out there. They're representing their state, their hometown. And it's always good to see those type of stories. I know Brandon Thomas had some injuries at North Little Rock. He really didn't have the senior season he was hoping for. And I'm really excited to see how he how he's doing over there at Memphis. Yeah, always enjoy following uh, these guys. It's it's hard to follow them all, but uh, ESPN Plus and then of course the ESPN app does make it a lot easier. And so well, we're up against a break. Up next, we got week six recap of high school football in Arkansas with Eric Taylor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcast and the Buzz Radio Network. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. We're back on episode 222 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Kyle Sutherland here with you, and we now go to the Workman's Travel Center hotline. And on the other end is Eric Taylor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Eric, appreciate you hopping on with me, man. Before we get started, even though it was against the second string, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> Dude, I can't I, I can't not um, – how can, how can I word this, man? I, I can't be uh, upset at all, man. A win is a win in, in, in the NFL, whether it's the second team, third team, fourth team, it don't matter, man. As long as you get a W at the end of the day, I, I'm all for it. Yep, survive in advance. And, uh, man, we'll start with the 7A, uh, kind of like we always do on here, just start at the top and work our way down. And there wasn't a whole lot of surprises except for another lopsided win for Conway. Again, kind of like the North Little Rock game, you're not really shocked that they won, but just in the manner that they've been beating people. They beat Cabot 57-21, to 21, undefeated Cabot, a week after taking down undefeated North Little Rock 38-10. to 10. And I, like many, have continued to say that Brian is still the top dog until they're knocked off. But right now, it is really difficult to say that Conway is not the favorite for the state's largest classification. I think Conway is probably playing better than anyone uh, in the state, to be quite honest, um, with the way they're able to put up points, man. I mean, it, I, you know, and I, for one, thought they would take a, a step back from last year. and They were good last year. Um, but, man, uh, Mark Kelly has that, has that offense, you know, humming, man, and, and they score quickly. They've got playmakers, you know, all over the field, man, and, and they take advantage on defense when they, you know, have the opportunity, man. So, you know, t- to me, if there's a surprise team, you know, in, in my eyes, in 7A, it would, it would, you know, be Conway, you know, with the way they're 
they're scoring points, man. I mean, and that's that's the thing. You're going to have to outscore them to beat them. Yeah, no question. I was the same way with losing Ben Weiss and Bryce Bohannon. And Donovan Omolo has just stepped in to that quarterback role taking over for Weiss. They still had Manny Smith. They still had Boogie Carr and and some other key pieces there. But you lose a guy of that caliber, and then you expect to saw – I know that they were – they had about two or three different guys that they were looking at there in spring, and Omolo came out and – and has looked as poised as any quarterback as I've seen, but uh, that was really about the only game that was that was of note for the most part in seven A. And then next week, you got the big one for the seven A West there. That's going to probably decide right. the conference championship. I think that's basically uh, guaranteed between Bentonville and Fayetteville. How how are you feeling about those two teams right now? And do you think that they might be able to compete with the Conways and 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 the Bryants down there in the seven A Central? You know, a, a team like Conway, and Conway's played, you know, both of those teams, you know, they, they went up to Fayetteville and they got off to a good start and ended up, I think, losing the game by, by a couple of scores. Um, but I think Fayetteville kind of took advantage of a couple of turnovers late uh, in the second half. But a, a, a team like Fayetteville is one of those teams that can score quickly, but they have weapons all over the field. I know Benville uh, is just consistent on both sides of the ball. They can do it, you know, throwing the ball, running the ball. Josh Ficklin has, I'm sure, well over 1,000 yards now rushing. Um, but that, that Fayetteville team, I've actually been high on them kind of all year, um, even into the preseason, man, because I knew what they had coming back with, you know, Fike at quarterback, and then what you have outside with uh, Centennial. I'm, am I pronouncing his name right? Satekna. I can't, I never pronounce his name right. I don't either. <laughs> Him and, and Blackburn outside, and Murray in the backfield. I, I like that Fayetteville team. Um, but again, they, they can score points. You know, that's the good thing about it. And like you said, I think that game Friday is going to be. Uh, for all intents and purposes, going to be for the 7A West. Um, but I think Fayetteville can match up with, like I said, they, they've beaten Conway already. And I can see them matching up, you know, with a Bryant, man. And, and you know, but that, that Bryant team is just, you know, they just reload, restock, however you want to term it, uh, you know, and they do what they do. Um, and, again, Benville is, is there every year too. So I can see both of those teams stacking up, you know, well. Now, you know, who will come out on top? I, I would still put my money on those two 7A. Central squads, but again, you know, it's high school football. And anything can happen. So. Yeah, anything can happen. And like you said, uh, that uh, I think you mentioned the Conway Bentonville game. Fayetteville's actually played both of these schools, beat Conway mm-hmm. in week zero, I believe it was, and then lost 14 to seven in a game that anybody could have won in week right. one there. And so it's definitely going to be different, I think, if they if they happen to meet, uh, if, if either one of those schools, Bentonville or Fayetteville, meets Conway or North Little Rock in the playoffs. As we know, they're a totally different team from the beginning to the end of the season. And, and the biggest surprise in 6A was the 20 to 20 halftime score between Lake Hamilton and Russellville there. And Lake Hamilton carried a 27 to 26 lead into the fourth quarter, and they were able to pay, pull away 42 to 32. But that's really the first time this year they've been tested. And then you look at the other big game of Friday night that we were at, Benton and Parkview at Panther Stadium. And that was a little bit underwhelming to an extent in terms of that was a little bit of a sloppy game and went into the halftime 17 to six. And what wasn't a whole lot happening until the end of the third quarter when Parkview got that safety on the um, when the punter dropped in the end zone. The Benton punter dropped the ball in the end zone, and they jumped on it. And then all of a sudden, after that, they return a kickoff for a touchdown, and the game seventeen to fifteen, cutting into Benton's lead. And to switch it, they they get a few scores here and there. They trade off on some scores, and then Jaden Collinette ends up sealing the game, picking off 
Jalen White's pass to uh, win the game for Benton. And so you would think that assuming that neither one of these two teams, and I know you got to throw Greenwood in there as well. Uh, you know, they, they lost to Parkview and they've really kind of started to pick back up and get on a winning streak. But you would think that going into October 29th at Lake Hamilton, that it's going to be Benton and the Curly, or the Curly Wolves, that's Prescott, Benton and the Wolves playing for the 6A West State title, one of the top conferences in all of the state. You know, I, in theory, that that's that's my belief. Um, but like you mentioned, Greenwood is starting to, to kind of pick back up a little bit. They got the quarterback back um, uh, Friday night, and, and he's getting his feet wet. And they're a much different team when he's on the center as opposed to when he's not. Um, but they're, you know, I, and right now it, it, it's been in Lake, Lake Hamilton, I mean, obviously. But, again, you know, Greenwood is Greenwood, you know, and, and they have their reputation for a reason. So, you know, I, I, it's still a whole lot of football left to be played. But, you know, as of right now, you would think that that, that game there is the game. I think but the following week, I believe, um, is the, the, the finale. I think Lake Hamlin goes to Greenwood, if I'm not mistaken, in that, in that regular season final. Uh, so that game will be just as big as well. So uh, still a lot, a lot of football left to be played, man. But uh, that, that, that 6A West, man, is, is no joke. Yeah, and then the week before Lake Hamilton, I was talking about the, either team stubbing their toe. Greenwood will come. I, I think Benton goes to Mountain Home this week, and then mm-hmm. the next week they welcome in Greenwood. So exactly. definitely yeah. uh, plenty to happen, like you said. And then the five, the 6A East – I like Sylvan Hills. I like El Dorado and Jonesboro. They're the hottest teams in that conference right now. But to me, it's right. just, I don't know. I, it's really hard for me to believe that the state champ is once again not going to come out of the West there. No disrespect to them. I know El Dorado's right. got a really hot <laughs> offense. Sylvan Hills is on a five-game win streak. Jonesboro's done really well after not doing so hot after a really tough non-conference schedule has done great right. in their uh, right. during their conference games. But in mm-hmm. 5A – the the win over Whitehall, Eric, it was just really it was it was that was another one that wasn't shocking to me. But what PA I know PA puts points on the board, but to put sixty three points on a Whitehall team that had not allowed more than ten points in a game, and they were averaging three points per game up until right. this one, to just to think about what they did, I, I, you know PA is PA, like I said, but right. to do that in that caliber, Joe Hyman. I still think I've said for over a year now the best player overall in the state five touchdowns. Charlie Pfizer had almost four hundred yards passing. Man, I, last week I was saying that Valonia might be able to hang with PA in terms of the offensive firepower, and they might. But it is just right. really tough to think that the Bruins will be taken down and not win the state championship again this year, or that they that they will uh, be dethroned. I guess you could say uh, from winning a, another state title this year. Man, I don't know what uh, Anthony, Lu- Anthony Lucas told those guys at the half because they were actually down, I think, a point for Whitehall at the half. And, uh, and they came out in the second half and, and just went crazy, you know, and doing PA type of things, man. And, you know, it, it wasn't shocking that they won. I didn't expect them to put up 60 with 63 or whatever it was that they ended up with. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's PA. You know, it, we've come to kind of expect this, and, and it's almost like nothing they do now is, is surprising. Um, you know, and, and in 5A right now, you know, I, I like the way Bologna's playing. I've always been high on Greenbrier. Um, you know, this may sound crazy, but I watched Greenbrier a lot in, 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 in uh, 707 over the summer, and they just looked like a team that would be good, you know, without even without pads. Uh, and they're doing good things right now. But in 5A, it's, it's, it's PA and everybody else, to be quite honest. You know, and again, that's, like you said, it's no disrespect to anyone else out there, man. But, you know, you, you have to actually beat. Last Academy, if you're going to win the game, I mean, you can't just sit down and, and wait 
for them to make a mistake. You know, you have to go out and, and take it to them. I think a team like Bologna can possibly do that, but the thing is, can they keep up? You know, you don't want to get in, in, a, in a shootout with PA, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, again, man, it's just one of those things, man. They, they, they do what they do even without, you know, Coach Kelly being there. You know, Coach Lucas said he wasn't going to change anything. And he hasn't, you know, they hadn't skipped a beat, man. And they're just, you know, doing what they, they've done for you for years now. That was what I was going to bring up next. He touched on Greenbrier and they're six and oh, and they will play P Whit Ridge. That's a winless team this Friday. And then they finish up with the top tier along with them in the five a West and Farmington Alma. And then the Faulkner County showdown to finish off the regular season against Valonia, which that could end up possibly being one of the games yeah. of the year in all classifications. Cooper yeah. Wilcox doing a great job of leading this team at quarterback. He had, uh, it was, I know, I think it was like over 200 yards on eight of 11 passes, three touchdowns, mm-hmm. and then also 72 yards rushing in a score all in the first half in a right. defeat over Harrison at 45 21. And so that's another one right there that usually over the last couple of weeks you're saying, well, Valonia seems to be the team that's good, that is going to just run away with that. I don't know if you'd say run away, but at least they would win the 5A West, but you can never count out a J.R. Eldridge team in Farmington. Right. Definitely don't right. want to count out Alma. They've been turning some heads, and certainly Greenbrier, too. I, I mentioned last week when Nate Olson and I were talking that I like Greenbrier, but I just don't know just based on their schedule what mm-hmm. what when. And I know that you can only play the the schedule that you're given. I get all that, but I really liked what they were able to do against a really good Harrison team. And as I said, they're going to be tested in those last three weeks of the season. But it seems like that that they could do it. Right. I mean, and, and again, you know, we'll we'll see. That's that's for sure, man. And the five A West is a, is, a, is a tough conference as well, man. Uh, we talk a lot about the the six A West and, and the seven A Central. Uh, but 5A West, man, you, you've got several quality teams. And you know, Bologna, of course, Greenbrier, Harrison is, is no no joke, man. And then you got, you know, the Almas of the world and, you know, Farmington, you know. So it, that's, that's, you're going to get a tested every week, regardless of who you're playing. You know, you, I know you're going to have a, a few teams that you, you may find yourself overlooking. But again, you know, anything can happen on, on even good Friday. So get ready to play games, man. So um, again, you know, we still have what, I guess, uh, little less than half of the regular season left, so it's still a uh, still lot to be determined. Yeah, a lot can happen in a month, no question. And we're talking with Eric Taylor from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and there wasn't a whole lot of surprises in the 4A either. This week, we got a 2-4A a two showdown between Lone Oak and Mills. Both of those teams were undefeated coming into last Friday, and both were taken down. And that was something that I've talked about, Eric, over the last couple of weeks was – I was with many people thinking that it was going to be Stuttgart in the 2-4A, and I still think that they will win it when it's all said and done. But Mills and Lone Oak are two teams that have definitely made some noise. I really like Braden Allen. I know they're running the two-quarterback system at Lone Oak. Braden Allen is uh, one of their main guys that runs that out of the, the two. And then also at Little Rock Mills, you've got Achilles Ringo at quarterback, sophomore that's doing a really good job, Anton Pierce, and Jabray Shaw. Jabray Shaw has really been turning heads over 1,000 total yards. Mm-hmm close to, I think, around 15 touchdowns. I don't know the exact number. He went down. I think that he's okay, but I know that he went down on Friday night in the first half. But what, what do you think about that Lone Oak Mills? I'm actually going to go to that one. And, uh, you know, that's kind of one where these two teams seem to be equal for the most part. Pretty good athletes, pretty decent coaching. But that could be for that spot That's whoever wins this game is, is probably going to play Stuttgart for the 2-4A title. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, you know, I think this – it's it's almost a must win for either of these teams. I, I'm like you. I think Stuttgart's going to win that uh, in a conference, um, but but they still had to play both of these teams as well. 
Um, but I think, you know, the, the winner of that Mills Lona game and, and of course, you know, with, with Jabray, hopefully he's, he's okay and he'll be back to play. Um, but that, that game is going to actually carry a whole lot of weight into to what happens, you know, down the stretch. Uh, like I said, they, they still have to play. Both of these teams will play Stuttgart. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that Mills Lona game, to be honest. Uh, Mills has so many weapons, man. And, and Coach Lee has done a great job with that team. And Coach Wright has done a great job with Lona as well, man. Um, so that's one of those games where a lot of eyes will be watching, you know, just to find out what happens and, and who can actually come out of the game and, and, and you know, go into the, the last, you know, down the stretch and, and trying to challenge, challenge Stuttgart, man. But um, that's going to be a good, good one, man. It's going to be a big one as well. We'll round it off here with the 3A. The big one from this past Friday was center point at Prescott, and the Curly Wolves won that one 50-41, but it was much closer than many thought it would be, including you and I. Prescott was down 35-12 to with three minutes left in the third quarter. I know that you, we were getting updates as we were sitting at Panther Stadium. We're just like, what in the world? I remember even at one point, I think it was like 26-12 to or something, and I just misread it and thought, oh, they've, they're going to run away with it right here. But it was actually 26-12 to at that particular update center point. And so Prescott, to me, is still the favorite for 3A, but you certainly have to factor in center point. They proved it actually playing – what many who many believe is the top dog also Paris and Boonville from the 4-3A and you can't ever count Harding Academy the defending champs out either I don't know that they're quite the team that they were last year but still got to factor them in but to me in a four-quarter game you've still got to put Prescott at the top the 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 craziest part about that game and like I said we were we were kind of kind of kind of gauging that game throughout the, the Benton game but just the way you know I expect the center point to come out and play well early. I didn't expect for them to kind of jump out the way they did. I certainly didn't think that they were going to end up leading that game late in the second half. I think they were up, you know, two or three scores, you know, late there in the third quarter. And I think the quarterback, uh, Josh Lawson, went down. I'm not sure the status of his injury. Uh, but Prescott showed a whole lot, obviously, to come back and, and take that game, you know, because, you know, for all intents and purposes, we're looking at the score and kind of score watching it and to see center point up, I think 35 to 12 at one point. Uh, but for Prescott to come back and, and the way they did it and win that game says a whole lot about what they have. Um, but right now, I, I, they're they're the top dog definitely to me in 3A. I, you know, certainly McGee would, would be up there. They would have a, a say-so in there. And again, I mentioned the Harding Academies of the world, Boonville. I'm really looking at this, this Paris team, man. Um, this this they're steady playing well, man. They they uh, knocked off prep, you know, Friday by ten. So um, you know, at, at three, it, it, it's again. I think Prescott is the class of it right now. But then again, you know, you got others that that they're actually playing well. Even Osceola up in Northeast Arkansas, man. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting, man, to see what 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 comes about when all this stuff shakes out. Uh, but again, center point, like I said, hopefully uh, uh, Josh Lawson is okay, uh, and, and it's, the injury he suffered wasn't too serious, so he can get back in and get those guys rolling again, man. So it's going to be – with just that score alone and the way they played, that, that showed me a whole lot uh, about what they are capable of. Capable of. And they did this on, on the road, you know, down at Prescott too. So um, it's going to be interesting, man. It, it really will be to see uh, what kind of unfolds and what the bracket shapes up to be once play, uh, playoffs start, man. So it's – it's definitely going to be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, we had a crazy day, uh, which we talked about in segment one, uh, myself and Kevin, about the SEC, the SEC West in particular. And I could see some things like that shaking out, just all kinds of madness yeah. over the last month. And then 
when we get to the playoffs. Now, like unlike last year when we had so many teams that had to opt out and just everything that was going on with COVID, it's very right. unpredictable this year, but in a better way. And so mm-hmm. a lot, lot can happen, as we mentioned, uh, here in the next month or so. But yeah. we've been talking with Eric Taylor from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. You can always read his columns each Saturday. Uh, does basketball, football. You, you do just basketball and football, right, Eric? You don't do much baseball. It's mainly just Man, the hoops. Kyle, I do everything. Man. Okay, so you did <laughs> the quick. baseball. I knew you, I knew you yeah. were real big into because I haven't – when I moved to Texas for three years, I, I didn't uh, read the paper as much, but I knew mm-hmm. you were real, the real big hoops guy and also football. Yeah. And so, But nonetheless, uh, does some great work over there, and uh, you can check him out, of course, in the paper or on Twitter. I post a lot of stuff as well on there. And so, Eric, man, it was a lot of fun on Friday night covering that game with you. I'm sure I'll see you before too long, and I uh, appreciate oh, there, the talk, definitely. man. It was great uh, nope. shooting the bull here with you. No problem, brother. See you later, man. Well, that will do it for episode 222 of the Hog Talk Podcast presented by Bet Online. My name is Kyle Sutherland. For here, all of us here, we will catch you on Friday. But until then, stay cool, stay safe, and go Hogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.